Well, hallelujah. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be here in the house of the Lord. And um, I'm very thankful to, to have the opportunity to minister. I know that everybody was expecting a Pastor Fabian. And I tried to grow a beard, but I just, there just wasn't enough time. Wait, does Pastor Fabian have a beard? I guess maybe he's the one that does. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, but it is good to be here this morning, and um, it's always a privilege to be able to share what's on the heart of God and what he's put on my heart. And, you know, I, this has been such a, a unique season for us since we transitioned into this year of wisdom. And I'm so thankful for the, um, really the manifestation of God's presence in our midst. And he's, he's always with us. He's been with us. He's always with us. But there's been just such a sweet and powerful dispensation of his presence. And, um, and two, of, of really that prophetic spirit for which we walk in. And, you know, you always run the risk of, of speaking from experience, and I'm not necessarily going to do that, but um, you come before the Lord and you seek him, you search him prophetically for, for what you glean he's doing in our midst, and that's really what we're going to do this morning because he's moving vividly in our midst. And, and when I, I, I just um, consider just the atmospheres and, and the things that we've seen in the spirit and the things that we've experienced together in intercession and, and then one-on-one -on -one before the Lord. It's been such an intense um, ebb and flow of, of darkness and light. And when I say darkness, I don't mean, ooh, you know, something bad. I mean the Lord teaching us through that darkness and because this is definitely a year where we will be um, being that light in the darkness and, and really turning evil into the tobe. And, and so we need to know. We need to, to um, be astute spiritually. And, um, and so that's kind of the backdrop from, from where, we, where we're coming. It's been, you know, in so many different ways the Lord has been manifesting I mean, literally, there's sometimes when I open up Scripture and I read, like in the Psalms, I've been in the, 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 the Psalms this year, um, and I read what David speaks of the Lord and the way that he moves. And, and when I read it, the words come alive to me in, in such a profound way in that I literally can see when I look into the horizon, I see our partnership and the way the Lord is going to affect this earth in incredible ways, like ways that really should not surprise us, but will, like parting of the sea kind of stuff, shaking the earth. And we see, though, you know, we've seen those things over the, the course of the years, just in the, the natural disasters and things that have happened. But you know, when you read his words and defending, you know, when he's crying out to the Lord to defend him from his enemies and the Lord comes on the scene and does it, it's magnificent. Do we believe that? 
You know, do we believe he's going to move that way? Do we believe he's going to shake the earth? Do we believe, you know, he might come up and open up the ground and swallow up the enemy? Do we believe that? And I, I really do believe that this year is going to be really extraordinary in that way. But we need to be ready to believe. We need to be ready to move in it. And not just stand there like, <gasps> you know what I mean? I mean, I cannot even imagine what was going through Moses when that sea parted. Can you imagine? Really? But those are the kinds of things I believe that we're going to see. And, and, and so um, I was reflecting actually early this morning, actually the middle of the night. I, you know, I was really crying out to the Lord for some revelation yesterday. And, um, you know, you get it in bits and pieces, and I was studying in the afternoon and, and whatnot. But, you know, I just didn't feel like I, I was tapping that source. And there's really nothing you can do to make that happen. You just have to wait on the Lord. And, of course, it comes in the middle of the night. You know, and you want to get up and run and get a piece of paper and a pen because by the time the morning comes, I would have forgotten. Is that how it is for you? <laughs> so, anyway, um, so the Lord began to remind me about the early days. And first of all, about how when he began to turn us upside down and really began to change us into our identity and our calling and who we really are. And that's what happened. So much, there was so much tradition and so much mindset that just fell off of us. And it fell off of us just, huh? Ah. <laughs> First of all, because he's so good, but second of all, because we had such a hunger, because he was here, and we, had, we, we were tasting and seeing, and we had such a hunger to know and to step into it, and we would have forsaken anything, and we still will, I mean, but the scales fell off, and, you know, our garments fell off, and we danced more vile than this. And, and in our intercession, had any of us ever made noises like that that came out of our, our mouth, out of our spirit? I mean, really? And, and our worship was just so abandoned. And it's, I'm not saying it's not that way now. I am reflecting back to when the, it was that, to, no, to when God began to move. And it, 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 it really drove us into the fullness of who we are and into the our function before him and we go through seasons and change and whatnot but um i just remember those raw you know the, those raw times where we were just naked and bare before him and we would have done anything anything right and we danced with all of our might and we worshiped with all of our might and we prayed with all of our might and we you know we're still that same people and we still do that but through the seasons, through the change, through the tempering, through so much of what we've gone through, things are different now. But nonetheless, we're the same people before the same God with the same calling. And I just feel so strongly that we're coming back into that cycle of, of that pure, raw abandonment in this year of wisdom. And, and you know, it's interesting because last, um, you know, wisdom is taking darkness into the light. And there's so much about the enemy that where, where 
you know, he's got power, but he's also limited in his measure of creativity. He can draw from the glory that's been, exp- uh, you know, he can draw from those deposits of glory, but when you come before him like that, in the, in the breath and the creativity of the spirit of the Lord, he has no power. I mean, we will overcome him, right? Yeah, so, so la- it's, it's crazy because last week, um, I got up in the morning, and I was just having my time before the Lord, and I was in Psalm, 7, uh, Psalm 18, and I began to read about all the ways that God is going to move upon the earth, and it was just so alive for me. And then I came in here, came into Sunday school, was really blessed by the teaching, went in to meet with the worship team, and um, Kelly or Katie asked me if I had a word. And out of my mouth came Higioth. And that's what the Lord spoke. Now, let me tell you what that is. <laughs> you, you know, I, I remember I prophesied at the beginning of this year that we, this was going to be a year of selahs, that we were going to have to press through in the selah into breakthrough, but it was going to be a year of, 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 of that selah, you know, those unresolved chords that we have to press through in our intercession, in our worship. And, 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 and then you've got this, this Higioth. I looked it up. Um, so Higioth is related to the Sila, but it's a song that's sung in a jumbled way or that's played in a jumbled way, like on instruments, right? With, with a dark nature about it. It can be a despairing progression, but it concludes with a loud blast. And it usually led the people into some, in and through some type of a Sila and the answer that God generally brought in response was a dramatic destruction visited upon the workers of the enemy kingdom. And that's through our worship and through our intercession. Because worship and intercession are always the keys, right, to breakthrough. And so I, I, I'm prophesying that along with what we're going to talk about today because I feel like we're stepping into this creative measure of power it's really going to require us to be willing in our intercession, in our worship, in those two pillars for which we are, we are built. To be willing to go into those unresolved places of Selah or those unresolved chords of the Higioth. Even, even when it seems like it's dark, even when it doesn't make sense, but it's just pure abandonment to the Spirit and what He's doing. And as we do that, we are going to overcome the enemy. But it takes us being totally abandoned and surrendered to, you know, it doesn't matter what it looks like. And when I reflect back on the beginning, did we care what it looked like for one minute? We didn't. Do we care now? No. But you remember, I mean, and there was such... A measure of strength and vitality. I mean, I remember being up there and literally dancing myself to just be this pile of sweat. Remember those days? And the instruments and the, the singers and the worshipers and all of the congregation. And so what a beautiful season, long season that we had in that. God is going to take us back into that. And, and when he does in this year of wisdom, and I know we have a lot of needs. We need instruments, desperately. We, you know, we need, we have lots of needs, but God knows that. 
But I just believe whether it's not it's in this house or if it's in the, you know, with the worship team in Brazil or with the worship team in France or wherever God sends us and in this house because this is where it was birthed. This is what is going to happen. But we have to be willing to be as children. We have to be willing to be completely abandoned to the unresolved measure of what feels like darkness but is what really brings the light. You know, you hear what I'm saying? The light is breaking through, but it feels pretty dark, and it doesn't sound good. Because you know what? God does not give... I don't, what can I say? <laughs> he doesn't... I don't even have a word. I do, but I'm not... You know, <laughs> he doesn't care what it sounds like. Do you think when David was, like, putting forth those songs and would send them over to the singers in the play. Do you think that they sounded good in the beginning? I mean, first of all, they didn't have Taylor guitars with amplifiers and good mixers, you know? <laughs> so, so what I'm saying is it's, it's, it's all about him coming through us, and it's all about us just being that abandoned intercessor, that abandoned worshiper that doesn't care what time it is, that doesn't care what it looks like, that doesn't care, that, that all that cares about is, is him and his plan and fulfilling that plan. And, and that's, just, that, that's just what I, I feel. I mean, that's just what I sense um, where we're going. So yeah, we'll start with teaching. <laughs> um, I, I told you I've been in the Psalms this year. The Lord just said, I want you, from at the beginning of this year, I want you to really spend a lot of time in the Psalms. And so... That's been my primary measure of, of devotion. And I just, it's just coming alive, and it's just so beautiful and so powerful. But we're going to start with, with Psalm 28, because this is actually the psalm that actually led me into this study. Because um, I, hate, I have to admit, I actually forgot about this principle of, of strength. Um, there's, you know, there's, there's power words in the Old Testament, and then there's the hierarchy you know, the power words in the, in the New Testament. And this comes out of the Hebrew. This comes out of the Old Testament. And that we're going to talk about one of the power words in the Old Testament. And this word is the word that actually partners with the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And so this is something that I feel like the Lord wants us to apply, um, to really embrace and to apply and to understand again, I guess, to refresh. Because we've had this teaching, I don't know, Glenn, but... Um, so here we are. So we're going to start with David, and we're going to start with Psalm 28, beginning with verse 6. Now David, this is a psalm where, of course, the enemy was coming against him. And he was praying, earnestly making supplication before the Lord against the enemies. And then he goes into, like so often is the case, just blessing the Lord and just declaring who he is. And, and so that this is the second part of that. And it says, this is his intercession. And one of, one of the things I want you to notice as we go through this word study of Oz, I, I think it's Oz. It could be O's. I didn't check, so, but I'm going to call it Oz. Um, <laughs> I forgot what I'm saying. It, oh, oh I, I want you to see through every one of these passages how it relates to intercession and worship. 
And when I say worship, I don't just mean singing and playing. I mean the, the creative, the creatives. I mean the creative expression that every single one of us is called to move in, whether it be the dance, the banners. We were created perfectly before the Lord to move in his ways, to move with him, with our bodies. And so every single one of us should have that creative expression coming out of us. So, so I just want you to notice how this, this, this power word that links up with wisdom and revelation, it is directly applied in almost every case to intercession or to worship and, or to both because, you know, those two come together. So when we talk about the Selah, we talk about the Higioth, that is worship and intercession coming together because they are one and the same in a lot of ways, right? Okay, so Psalm 28, 6. It says, Blessed be Yahweh, because he has heard the voice of my supplications. Yahweh is my strength, my Oz, and he is my shield. My heart trusts in him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices, and this, this, this greatly, this rejoice is the word to be joyful, to leap, to triumph. And with my song will I praise him, or yada, extend my hand in partnership to him. The Lord is their strength, their Oz, and he is the saving strength. And this is Moaz, Moaz, Moaz. And that it's a, it, Oz and Moaz come from the same derivative of this word, Azaz, which means to be strong. But they have two different meanings. But Oz is in Moaz, as you can see. So we're going to talk about that in a minute. So he is the saving Moaz of his anointed, of his anointing, of his anointed, which literally means his king, his priest, his saint. Okay? So the definition of, of Oz, just to refresh us, it's, it's primarily used of God, of the deity, and it means boldness, loud, might, power, strength, to be strong. And it is the capacity of this power is aligned with the spirit of wisdom and revelation, okay? So in the Bible, the word means or the word depicts this awesome and creative measure of God's strength. This is the, now koa is the prophetic power word in the Old Testament. This is the one that lines up with, with the spirit of wisdom, wisdom and revelation. And we understand that wisdom is the mindset of God that drives his heart of passion, right? It's, the un, it's him unveiling his plan and his power in order to remove the evil and establish the tobe. And it literally is the spirit of the Lord, even though we could say this of all of them, that where he reveals more about himself, his ways, his plan to us. Okay, so with the backdrop of that understanding of wisdom, when you overlay or when the Oz is applied, it brings in this innovative creativity, um, just this, this, this powerful breath of his creativity in the midst of his wisdom. It empowers that. You know, does that make sense? Because, you know, <laughs> I just have to tell you, I always got to wisdom and revelation, and, and it was just always, especially wisdom, not revelation, but it, I always looked at it as, it's just kind of like the stoic to-do list, the stoic plan, of, you know, like the strategy and the timing, 
And I'm not a list person. I, I am so far from that kind of person. So I, I just never saw the heart in wisdom. But wisdom is knowing his heart. You can't obtain wisdom without being in his heart. It comes through that relationship and commune. So it's anything other than that, and it's very innovative, and it's very creative. And if you look, we're going to look at Moses, and, and when he talks about the Oz and how it moved in the midst of, 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 of his mission, it's, it's astounding the creativity of the way God moved through the Old Testament, and even through the New Testament. Do we believe he's still moving that way? Do we believe it? I do. And he is, and he will. Amen? But this is something that we are to partner with, to embrace, to embody this, 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 um, this dispensation of this creative power in order to, to bring that light into the darkness. Because even the principle of light is creative, Right? And so I guess, if anything, I just want to stir in you just um, the capacity within you, the creative capacity within you to, to see God in that light and to receive his spirit in that light and, and, and really for us to step into the, the, the unpredictable creative nature of who he is because he's going to be moving in you in that way. So you see here in, in, in Psalm 28, he talks about this, this power, this awe, this creative power is his strength. And then it says it's his, it's, it's his saving strength of, of his anointing. And that, that is the moaz, the moaz. And that's the word for stronghold. Okay? That's the word. That's the fortified place of strength. That's the place that, that's, our, that's really where we stand, and we, we have this positional strength because we're in him, because we're in his plan, because we are, we're in him, and he is in us. And, guys, we need that. We absolutely need that. Amen? Amen. So that Oz is our fortified place of strength. Innovation, divine inspiration, creativity, wisdom, and miraculous direction is is, is really the key to victorious battle. We can't go in the same old way. You know, if you study war, which I never have, so I, <laughs> but I can only imagine that it's war strategies. It's just like on the football field. They're always looking for that element of surprise, right? That's God. And that's how he wants to move in us is through this element of surprise and, and through that divine inspiration of his wisdom and, and in ways that, that even might surprise us. But, um, yeah. So let's talk about the stronghold place. Let's talk about the Moaz before we, before we go into the study of, of Oz. Um, we understand that, that Yahweh is his eternal plan. And we know our mission, and we know that our mission is to fulfill that et our eternal plan. He is our source of that. And the presence of the Oz strength in our place of Moaz, where we stand and where we're fortified, comes through Yahweh, through us embracing, accepting, and fulfilling his eternal plan. It's like the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my Moaz. The joy of the Lord, the joy that comes from his heart, 
and doing his eternal plan, fulfilling his plan, is my fortified place of strength. Understand? And that brings this joy that is, 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 is so deep and so um, it's empowering, right? I had a dream last week. Um, I don't think I've ever done this before, but I had a dream early Monday morning. Sunday was just this, just this uniquely incredible day. And um, it wasn't easy, but it was, just, it was just a really unique day. And I went to bed that night um, after being here at prayer. And prayer was really, um, there was a lot of tension for me in prayer. And, and I couldn't figure out what was going on. And so I went home, I went to bed, and early in the morning I had this dream. And in this dream, I was in a vehicle that I was driving. And it was white. I remember that, but it was kind of like a pickup truck, so it's not really <laughs> very characteristic of me. <laughs> However, there's probably one of those in my driveway, <laughs> none of which are mine. So I, I'm driving, like, really slowly. You know where Matt's is? And I probably shouldn't use the word. I shouldn't, like, name the location, but I just did. But you know where Matt's is over there at Live Oak and Skillman, right? Everybody's been to Matt's, guys. Come on. So I'm driving, like down this almost like this alley there's a parking lot that right there but I'm driving like in my dream down this alley it was very purposeful I mean I could just feel the Lord was with me but it was really really dark outside it was like the middle of the night and so I'm driving slowly and in my truck <laughs> my white truck and and, and the building is on the right. I'm not going to say what building it is, but I think I already did. And there were lots and lots of people inside. And the lights were on, and there was people mingling around outside, and they were having a great time and fellowshipping and feasting and whatnot. And I'm driving in the dark next to this, and I'm praying in my dream. And all of a sudden, it just went poof. And the whole structure just turned to dust, like this big pile of dust. Everything in it just turned to dust. Everything in it just turned to dust. And, the and then there was the next part of my dream. I was walking, I think it's live walk, like I came around, I, I was not in my truck anymore. And, and um, I was walking like there's like, there's like, if you're going like down Live Oak to Gaston, and I'm sorry for those that are listening that live in another country that have no idea what I'm talking about, but I'm walking in this, like in this dark field along the street, and it's so dark. I mean, it's so dark, and I'm just walking by myself. It's the middle of the night, and it's cold, and it's dark, and I'm walking, and with every step, I... I can hardly move anymore. It's like I have no strength. And I registered this in my dream that I had no strength, like no strength. Like I, it was hard for me to even put one foot in front of the other. And so I'm walking, and all I could think about is I've got to get to where I'm going. I've got to get home or where the church or where I was going. And I'm walking, and all of a sudden the enemy pulls up, and I can, I can sense him, and, and I feel the enemy start to approach me. And I got fearful, like terribly fearful. I mean, I, got, I was so afraid. 
And all I could think was, Monica, you've got to keep moving. You've got to run. You've got to run. You've got to run away. And I had no strength. And I just collapsed. And I woke up. And it, you know those dreams that are so real? And I was, my heart was beating. And I was, I, I never went back to sleep. It was so troubling to me because I could still feel that lack of strength. You know how when you're like, well, I can't even describe it. it there was just like no strength in my body. And so for a couple of days, I mean, I prayed about that because I, 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 be, the Lord began to show me like almost instantly about the, the building that turned to dust. And he told me, he said, that's a stronghold. And I'm not naming a name of a restaurant. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying they're strongholds that he's calling us to tear down. And when I was in that truck, when I was moving, it was white, and it was like I was empowered, guys. And my partnership with the Lord just turned that place into dust. But then, a bit later, I had no strength in me whatsoever. And so that kind of is what led me here. The, the Spirit led me here because I know that he, <laughs> you know, being in darkness is hard. It's draining. It, it, it's right, right, it's draining. It's draining traversing through some of these atmospheres. And sometimes you feel within yourself or your physical strength, you have no strength. But the Spirit of the Lord is going to give us this awe strength, this creative strength that's going to help us in our place of fortification. We've got to be strengthened in the place where we're called to stand before Yahweh in his plan. And that's what he's doing in us right now. Because we are called to take those strongholds. We're going to talk about them tonight. I mean, we are called to take the strongholds. And so we have to be the fortified place. We have to walk in that joy. We have to be in his plan. And we have to allow the, the strengthening of the Lord and declare that, that he, his Oz, is my deliverance. It is my saving strength. It is my stronghold. It is my place of positional strength. As long as I stand in the place where God has put me and called me to serve, I will see these things happen. Amen? Yeah. So the whole creative part of that, and I don't even know what to say about the dream, was I wasn't expecting that to happen. I mean, I, I don't even think I said anything like, turn to dust. <laughs> you know, I don't even think I said anything. It was just out of my spirit, that partnership with the Lord. It was time for that to be torn down or to come down. So that's that. Are you with me? Amen. Okay. So, you know, as tabernacle of the people of, of, of David people, we're called to go out through the earth, throughout our cities, throughout the earth, and take back possession of these places of God's glory. Glory. And turn them back into dwelling places of praise. The enemy has illegal possession of strongholds, but he cannot function and he cannot stand against the creative capacity of our God. And that creative capacity, that Oz that's in you, he can't do it. And so that's what God's given us in this year of wisdom. His forces, they tap those reservoirs of the deposited glory, but he will be exposed when he's confronted with the release of the Oz of the Spirit that's coming into you. Amen? Amen. All right. We're not going to talk about, um, we're not going to go into Nehemiah because I really referenced that, but it's that wonderful passage where they were building the wall and they had a, a holy day and, and, you know, it was hard work and the enemy was coming against them and they were getting criticized and 
all kinds of stuff, and they called this holy day, and, and then he declared over the people, the joy of Yahweh is your place of positional power. That's your place. And so they didn't gain any, they didn't gain their strength. None of that was found in their circumstances because their circumstances weren't great. They found their joy and their strength through knowing that they were doing the eternal plan of God. They were fulfilling his plan by doing what they were called to do. And so that is exactly what we will do. And you know, it's the same with us when we, when we, when we minister, when we go out to minister. You know, our joy, our strength is found in knowing that we have been obedient to his plan, that we have gone out in obedient service and, and, and accomplished his plan according to the way that he directed us through his wisdom. And that's where our strength is found. That's where our joy is found. And that's what we celebrate. It may not look like it, but it didn't look like it to Nehemiah and his group either. I mean, they built that wall, but they still had to build their houses. You know, they, they were, there was still a lot of work to do. So their circumstances were kind of bleak in the midst of having the enemy just torment them all the time. And so that we find our joy, we find our strength, we find our, our, our fortification in knowing that we are fulfilling his plan. And as we do that, as we partner in that, um, he empowers us with this measure of creative strength. Amen. Okay. Let's look at... So much of this is about warfare. <laughs> um, but that is reality for us, and that's, that's who we are as saints. I, re- I, I, I want to talk about Moses, but first I want to talk about the ark, if we could. So I don't know where I put it on your, your outline, but if we could look at the ark of Oz, um, just because we were just talking about the tabernacle of David. Um, this is Psalm 132, beginning with verse 8. Now, I, I, I said this earlier, but I, I want you to just recognize just the overlay of, um, well, never mind, never mind. Arise, O Yahweh, into thy rest, and this is Manuka, so it's that abiding presence of the Lord, thou and the ark of thy strength. So David called the ark of the covenant the ark of Oz. Oz. Is it Oz or Oz? Oz the ark of Oz. Let thy priests be clothed with righteousness, or that vision from the right hand, and let thy, thy saints shout for joy, and this joy means literally means to overcome, to rejoice in the overcoming. For thy servant David's sake, turn not away the face of thine anointed. So here we are in this year of wisdom, and here we are faced with the, the commission to go take light into the darkness. That is warfare. We understand the ark of the covenant, um, it's used to describe the name of the Lord of hosts who dwells between the cherubs. cherubs. And it was in this place where God would speak to his leader, and still does, I believe, at the mercy seat, and he would provide direction as to where the ark should lead the people. Now, that direction, obviously, is wisdom, and he still speaks to us in that way. But the beautiful thing about this ark is that, you know, the covenant implies relationship, devotion, and our love for him and him for us. But then you've got the Lord of hosts, which is indicative of the commander of the armies of heaven. 
So the Ark of the Covenant was known for both commune and warfare. For it was our place of intimate commune and still is where we can go and meet with God at the mercy seat where he gives us directives. And then we also partner with the Lord of hosts in the measure of warfare to see the fulfillment of God's plan um, fulfilled. And so that Ark of the Covenant, David called the Ark of O's. So in the midst of that, in the midst of that directive, in the midst of that, that meeting place, came forth this amazing source of revelation and power for God's people and for us, God's people. <laughs> um, but it was creative because the, the, the nature of O's is creative. It is creative expression. It comes through the creative heart, you know, the passionate creative heart of who God is. So the Ark of the Covenant empowers us through God to break forth on every side in order to welcome his presence in every place. And so he, David called that the Ark of his strength or the Ark of the strength of the Lord, which is the O's. And so, you know, when we go before the Lord and he brings us into that place and he begins to speak direction and wisdom into us it will be innovative it will be creative it will be in ways that that should be astounding because that's who God is and that's that's just how he moves so let's look at Moses we're going to read Exodus 15 you know this is the oldest poem in the world it's the oldest poem in the world by about a hundred years that's what I read but it really is a vivid picture of the creative power of God and and his his strength and so they had just crossed over the Red Sea or maybe they were standing there and had just no they had crossed over um, Miriam was probably doing her tambourines so beginning with verse 1 then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto Yahweh, and spoke, saying, I will sing unto Yahweh, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. Yahweh is my O's. He is my strength and my song, and he has become my deliverance, my salvation. He is my Elohim, and I will prepare him a habitation. My father's God, I will exalt him. Yahweh is a man of war, and Yahweh is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his host has he cast into the sea. His chosen captains also are drowned in the Red Sea. The depths have covered them. They sank into the bottom as a stone. Thy right hand, O Yahweh, is become glorious in power. The right hand, thy right hand, O Yahweh, has dashed in pieces the enemy. And in greatness of thine excellency, thou hast overthrown them that rose up against thee. Thou sentest forth thy wrath, which consumed them as stubble. And with the blast of thy nostrils, the waters were gathered together, and the flood stood upright as a heap, and the depths were congealed in the heart of the sea. Isn't that beautiful? The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil. My lust shall be satisfied upon them. I will draw my sword, my hand shall destroy them. 
Thou didst blow with my wind, the sea covered them, they sank as lead in the mighty waters. Who is like thee, O Yahweh, among the gods? Who is like thee, glorious in holiness? Fearful in praise is doing wonders. Thou stretchest out thy right hand, the earth swallowed them. Thou in thy mercy hast led forth the people which thou hast redeemed. Thou hast guided them in O's unto thy holy habitation. Now this word guided is a word that means to run with a sparkle. Yeah. A sparkler. Yes. It, it literally, when you look it up in Strong's, it says to run with a sparkle. So is that not the light? Right? It also means to lead and to carry and to, to, to sustain. But I just think that's interesting that he, he has guided us in his creative strength, his innovative creative strength unto, unto the holy habitation. He delivered them in that way. And then look at Psalm 74, um, 12. For God is my king of all, working salvation in the midst of the earth. Thou didst divide the sea by the O's. Thou breakest the heads of the dragons in the waters. Now, I, I, I just want you to see that, you know, when we talk about this, when I was talking earlier about just the creative nature and the way God's going to move, this is God. This is the way he moved on the earth. This is, this is the way he moves. You know, just... <laughs> read through scripture i mean this is the way that he moves and granted we've not seen something like this other than on maybe channel eight <laughs> but he is going to move like this he is on our behalf he is you know there's no physical reason why really moses should have been able to bring deliverance to, to those people none he was meek he was vulnerable. He was standing before the most powerful nation on earth. But the Lord, strategically, creatively, through prophetic directives and obedience, miraculously triumphed in wisdom through timing strategy, through Moses, through the O strength, strength of the Lord to deliver those people. And he... Moses, I mean, in this powerful um, song, he declares that, that it was that O strength that delivered them. And so it's not like, you know, Moses turned into this superhero. It was just his obedience, his relationship. See, I know. That's very creative. I know, right? I know. Oh, I can take care of this. Yeah, yeah. Just watch it. I can put them in the seat. <laughs> I would love to have seen it, but then I wouldn't be here. I know. It just, it's, you know, his creative inspiration, it creates the way for us. It, it is so resourceful. It creates the supply. You thought of it yourself. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, can you imagine, like, we have a fivefold, like, <laughs> Okay, what's God going to do to, like, tear down this stronghold or to do this? You know, we have this fivefold. Somebody says, oh, I got a vision. God parted the sea. I mean, if it had never happened before, we could still say that and see that in spirit, but you know what I'm saying. But this is what he's called. I mean, this is what he's get. This dimension of his power and of his strength and of his might as we, as we are obedient to his eternal plan, as we're fortified in that place and we stand 
and we're obedient and we allow that creative spirit to come through us in intercession and in worship and song and and whatever it is these are the kinds of things I believe we're going to see because this is what we were created for I was not just created to be this body to wear these clothes you know what what's within me you know sometimes I think we're going to take the light into the darkness so what does that look like well, sometimes I think we think we're going to have like these big flashlights. You know? <laughs> no, it's in here. The light comes from the inside. That, that, you know, that's why Moses would shine. I mean, it's, it's the, the light comes from our place there, you know, at the mercy seat, the, our place of communion, our place of relationship. And that's, that's, that's how he moved through Moses, and that's how he's going to move through you because you are a vessel of his creative spirit. And that creative and inspirational nature of him is dying to come through you. It is. And so to, I don't, I'm not saying to take us back, but take us into that place of absolute vulnerability and belief as a child to where we believe anything is possible. Lord, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what you do to me. Just let it be. Let it happen. And... and that, that's that's where we're going. So, amen. amen. <clears throat> Let's look at the dance. And and there's there's I think I might have given you two scriptures here. One is the first attempt. The second is the second attempt. The first attempt, I included it here because it's important for us to see. Um, but I'm just going to read like maybe the first the first passage in 1 Chronicles 13, beginning with verse 7. It says, and they carried, this is when they're bringing, the, David's trying to bring the ark into Jerusalem. They carried the ark of God in a new cart out of the house of, yeah, Abinadad. And so I just had to get my syllables right. <laughs> and Uzzah and uh, Ahio drove the cart. Ahio. And David and all of Israel played before God with all of their oaths, with all of their might, with singing, with harps, and with psalteries, and with timbrels, and cymbals, and with trumpets. And then they came to the threshing floor, and obviously Uzzah put his hand up to hold the ark, which to me, you know, I, I think the heart was right, right? And God smote him for putting his hands on the ark, and he died there before the Lord, and David was displeased. And so the ark ended up going to Obed-Edom's house for a season. And then 1 Chronicles 15 and 13. Did I give you that passage? No. Okay, let me just read it for you. It says, For because ye did it not at first, Yahweh our Elohim made a breach upon us. For that we sought him not after the due order. So what happened here? They had the divine empowerment of the oaths of God. They, they were sincere, I think, in their expression and in, in their excitement to bring the ark into Jerusalem. But they didn't regard the law. They didn't regard the Levitical law, and that did not make God very happy. And so he, David, you know, he had this exuberant trust in the empowerment of that O's, but he did it at the expense of the law. And... You know, they built this fancy new cart. They got the whole creative community involved. It was this huge display, I'm sure. However, this measure of empowerment really didn't authorize him 
to skirt the established law of God. And, su and subsequently destruction followed. But then we have redemption in 2 Samuel 6, beginning with verse 12. And it was told King David, saying, Yahweh has blessed the house of Obedidim and all that pertaineth unto him, because the ark of, of, of Elohim. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obedidim unto the city of David with gladness. And it was so that when they bear the ark of Yahweh, they got six paces, they sacrificed, and David danced before the Lord with all of his oaths, and David was girded with linen ephod, so David and all the house of Israel bought up the ark of Yahweh with shouting with the sound of the trumpet. So this time, the laws were honored, the oaths was present, present, and it produced this magnificent display of glory and honor and majesty unto the Lord. And so this is another just really incredible depiction of the, really of the power of us allowing those creative expressions to come through us. You know, Dave, what did David say when they got it there? When he was um, criticized, well, that's not even good, shamed. He said, I will be more vile than this. I will, to honor my God and his plan. I will be more vile than this. And the church, I mean, we, we, we have got to, and we do, I'm speaking to the choir, but the church really needs to embrace the creative and inspirational measures of this empowerment um, because it, it really is the pathway to accomplishing his will and taking light into the darkness and the application of his wisdom. And so, um, you know, once again, wisdom is not some stoic, dry plan. It comes through the living, breathing God that is the most creative being ever to exist. And, and, and he created us like him to carry that same measure of creative um, spirit and breath. And, and so I just speak it into all of us that it would be activated that it would be, that we would step into really a new measure of that. You know, he is our source. He is our source of all power, all might, all creative expression. We don't want to do anything creatively that doesn't come through him. We don't. And, and this is something that I learned just in studying about the dance. I, you know, you can't, you can't express yourself in the dance or, or in, in that way unless you are fully in the spirit. Um, you can. No, don't get me wrong. You can, and it happens. But we have to be so sanctified and so, um, so in the spirit. So what comes through out of, through us is pure, and it's an expression to Him, and His power can flow through us. And and you know, I mean, I believe when 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 they were standing on either side of Moses and they were holding up his arms, and and the armies were winning. That's a sign of the banner. And, and that's a creative expression, right? But that was a pure dimension of God's directive to them. And, and so we just need to, we need to be close and we need to hear him. We need to be abandoned and surrendered to it. And we need to believe. Okay, I gotta move on. So he's our source. How do we access this creative inspirational power? Through intercession, through commune, okay? That is how we welcome the capacity of his creative strength, to seek after his heart, to feel his burden, the burden of his glory, 
and to, to, to walk in, not only walk in joy, but to walk in the expression of who he is, to walk in that expression of praise. And so I've put a couple of scriptures in here that included Elohim, because he's also in this. <laughs> Yahweh Elohim, same God. But that dimension of his heart. And this is David, 60, Psalm 63, beginning with verse 1 to verse 2. O Elohim, thou art my God, early will I seek thee, my soul thirsts for thee, my flesh longs for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. To see thy power, thy oaths, and thy glory, so I have seen in the sanctuary. And this sea is the ra'ah. And, and he wants us to see it. He wants us to see his power. He wants us... He wants us to, ha to gain that vision to see into that secret place. And I will tell you that I have seen his glory. And I know you have too. But when we moved into this year of wisdom, and there was, I'm telling you, it's been one thing after another that's come against. I, I, I mean, it, it literally has been one thing after another that's caused to distract, to knock off course, to get my focus, to kill. To, you know, I mean, it's just like been one thing after another. But God is so good. And, and, and I'm so thankful. Um, but it was like at the very beginning of, of this year, and something was really coming hard against my purpose and my calling, and me personally. And, and I remember I went up into the chambers, because I just was really, I mean, it was really getting to me. And I went up into the chambers, it was Sunday morning, early Sunday morning, and, and I just lay before the Lord and asked him to deliver me from my enemy. And sometimes your enemies are the most familiar people to you. <laughs> but deliver me. And, 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 and all of a sudden, he took me into that secret place, and he showed me his glory. He showed me. He showed me his glory. And he told me, my glory will defend you. And my glory will defend you as a people throughout this year. And once you've seen, when you have vision like that, you know it is in you. It is part of you. So I'm telling you this right now, whatever you're facing, his glory will defend you, no matter what. Amen? Amen. So the power of O's begins in that secret place of commune. We cannot ever rely on ourselves, <laughs> on our own resources, but we have to have that consistent, continual commune in order for God to invest himself in us to invest this power in us. And because without relationship and without communion, there is no partnership. And so he's, he, he is going, we are going to see his power. We are going to see his O's. We are going to see the creative nature of who he is. We're going to see his glory. And um, amen. Okay, let's look at Psalm 59, 16. But I will sing of thy power, I will sing aloud. And this is David writing when Saul, Saul had sent out his enemy to wait for him at his house to kill him. So you think you got troubles? <laughs> is somebody out in your yard with a spear? Or a, probably a whole bunch of them? And so in the midst of that, this is what David sings or says, declares, I will sing of thy oaths of thy creative power. Yea, I will sing aloud of thy mercy in the morning. For thou hast been my defense and refuge in the day of my trouble. Unto thee, O my O's, will I sing, for God is my defense and the glory of my mercy. And so, in the midst of it, 
we just got to sing. We got to dance. We got we to gotta be that instrument of his power, of that creative dispensation of his nature and of his spirit. Amen? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick it up a little bit. Then we have 1 Chronicles 16, 1 through um, 17, and this is uh, another psalm of David where he sought the O's of the Lord, and it talks about seeking his face continually. And I think this was really was the beginning of what most people would call like the 24-7 Tabernacle of David praise because it says that they, he established the priests with trumpets continually before the Ark of the Covenant, but who knows. So they brought the ark of God and set it in the midst of the tent that David had pitched for it, and they offered burnt sacrifices and peace offerings before God. And when David had made an end of offering the burnt offerings and the peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord. And he dealt to every one of Israel, both man and woman, to every one a loaf of bread. And they ate and they drank wine. They ministered before the Lord. They thanked the Lord. They praised him. Um, and then it goes through the, the names of the worshipers. And it says, the priests with trumpets continually before the ark of God, of the covenant of God, they worshiped him. Then on the day, David delivered first the psalm to thank the Lord into the hands of Asaph and his brethren. Give thanks unto Yahweh, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people, sing unto him, sing songs unto him, talk of his wondrous works, glory ye in his name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek Yahweh. Seek Yahweh in his oaths, seek his face continually and remember his marvelous works, his wonders, and the judgments of his mouth. So we have to seek his face. It is vital for us in moving in his power. And we understand seeking his face really aligns us directly with the circle of his ways because his face moves. So it's the way his face turns. And so we want to move as he moves. And we got to wait on him without our own agenda, seeking after his will and his plan, really just like we would at the mercy seat where he spoke, where he speaks through that measure of commune. Um, as we like seek his wisdom to bring light into the darkness, it always is gonna come through that intimate relationship and that intimate commune with him because there's always more of him. There's always more to discover. Those undiscovered realms and facets of his possibility are there for us to seek and to pursue. And he's drawing us into those places. And while we commune with him in those places, he brings that light into us, that revelation of who he is and what he's going to do. And we come forth with that light, and that is taking light into the darkness. That is turning evil into toe. But it comes through that place in his face. You think about the cycle that we've been through, this, this year of wisdom and the year of grace. And I, don't, I, I was trying to remember about the year of judgment. But has it ever been in the midst of this cycle so intense where he has revealed his ways to us? I mean, he's had seasons where he's taught us about his ways, his seven spirits. We've activated. We understand that. We're so thankful to, to understand those things. But there's, such, um, there's just such a dispensation of understanding of his ways right now, right? I mean, we spent the whole year of grace learning about grace living grace, applying grace. And granted, he taught us every, through every cycle, but it's just been so amazing this time, right? And it's already started that way with wisdom. So we, we need to be in his face. Okay, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm almost done, guys. The next two psalms really deal with warfare, but I guess this whole teaching does. But, um, and I pulled actually this from Pastor's book, so... Um, 
Thank you, Pastor. But this is just so good because um, these are two psalms um, that directly address warfare, but also about our identity in the midst of that. And the first one is to be as children. And I've referenced this already this morning, but I'm going to read this psalm. Psalm 8, 1 through 2. O Yahweh, our Lord, how excellent is your name on all the earth who has set the glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings you have ordained O's because of thine enemies that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. And, and, and one of the beautiful things about this power of O's is in the absolute unpredictability of it. But we have to be as little children or we can't enter the kingdom. And children are unpredictable. They're spontaneous and they're willing to do anything. They're willing to follow. They love to interact. And really there's no limit to their boundary, right? But they're free and they trust. And, and, and that's a perfect capacity for partnering in this dimension of God's strength, is to be his children. But then if we look at the next verse that speaks about kings, we're also called to be kings and priests. And so 1 Samuel 2.10 says, The adversaries of Yahweh shall be broken to pieces out of heaven, shall he thunder upon them, and the Lord shall judge the ends of the earth, and he shall give oaths unto his king and he shall exalt the horn of his, of his anointed. So in that same equation, as being a child, we are also called to be kings because he divests his authority into his, uh, into his appointed ones, and we are they. So in the eyes of the enemy, we may appear as children. We may appear helpless. You know, I may appear as if I have no strength to go, like, move forward when he's coming at me. And I didn't, so I shouldn't use that one. But as God grants us this measure of strength, through his appointed authority, we will decimate the enemy. So it's a powerful combination of confidence and dependence and trust and really that exuberant assurance of who God is and what he's going to do through us as warriors. Amen? Amen. And then I, ha I gave you a scripture about the halal and Oz, and, and let me just reference this because I think this is, is really powerful. Um, it's in Second Chronicles 30, and it says, The Levites and the priests halaled Yahweh day by day, singing with loud O's instruments unto Yahweh. This is during the time of Hezekiah, and, and they're having um, a feast. And, and I, I want you to remember what halal is because while Strong says it literally, the definition is to be clear, to shine forth, to show, or to boast, we know that it's that praise that partners with the vision of God and ignites really who we are and what we're called to be and to do. And so we, we go before him and halal praise. We watch what he does. We take that vision. We embody it. And, and we, lend, he lend, we lend his creativity to it, and then we partner with it to see it fulfilled. And so it works so perfectly and so beautiful with this principle of the, the creative measure of, of God's O's. And this is just, you know, I mean, a prophetic worship time um, for us. But it's just, it's so powerful. I mean, these principles are so powerful for us. He's given us everything that we need. 
and, and, and this is a year of application where we will be applying so many of the principles God has taught us over the last 22 years. We will, we will apply them and see them manifest and see the power of them. We're going to. And so um, I want to read this one last passage because it's always good to honor the king. <laughs> and I just love this. So I, I, I like to honor, and people have gotten offended because I've referenced our apostle that way, but I'm sorry. Um, and it's David, and, and, and he, it's Psalm, Psalm 21, 1 through 6. And I hope this encourages you, Pastor. It says, The king shall joy in thy oaths, O Yahweh, and in thy salvation, how greatly shall he rejoice. Thou hast given him his heart's desire. Thou hast not withholden the request of his lips. Selah. For thou preventest him with the blessings of goodness. Thou settest a crown of pure gold on his head. He asked life of thee, and thou gave it to him even length of his days forever and ever. His glory is great in thy salvation. Honor and majesty has laid upon him, for thou hast made him most blessed forever. Thou hast made him exceedingly glad with thy countenance. So we speak that over our, our apostle, our leader. And, and I, I just have to say, I mean, when I study these things, and I also realize that they've been written about, and they've, they've been, you know, the mysteries have been revealed through our intercession, and, and they've been probed and taught, and you guys, we have so much. We have a treasury. We have a treasury. We have an armory. We have everything that we need to triumph, and we will. And so I honor you, Pastor, because I think we're all just so thankful for really the revelatory gift that abides here that we can all step into, but that you have brought brought. Well, that the Lord has bought th brought through you apostolically. So that's all I have. So I bless you today. Oh, I'm sorry I went over, but I just speak forth every measure of God's creative strength and power, his heart, his grace, his wisdom, everything. I just, and we just honor him today. Let today be just a day of, of, of O's praise and O's intercession where we believe in the impossible and we know he's going to show forth. Amen? Amen. So thank you. God bless.